Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast with Jacob Ayers, providing actionable content to help you along your journey to financial freedom through real estate investing. As the premier asset class, real estate has helped ordinary people just like you amass fortunes. The benefits of passive income from real estate investing will allow you to live a life you want. And now your host, entrepreneur, real estate investor, and apartment deal syndicator, Jacob Ayers. Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast. Hey, I'm your host, Jacob Ayers. Welcome back. I'm excited to introduce to you guys this week's guest, Jason Yarusi. Jason's a really interesting guy. A few key highlights about him. I'll just give you some key points. He's an avid ultra runner. He's a workout enthusiast. He's been investing with his wife, Peely, since 2017 and acquired over 1,100 multifamily units. He wakes up precisely at 4.32 a.m. every morning. He's a father to three kids and he's an aspiring ukulele player. Lots of interesting things about Jason. We're going to dig into all of that today. Jason, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jacob. Happy to be here, man. How are you? Oh, we're doing great, man. We're doing great. Well, hey, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, your background in the real estate investing world. Just kind of take us back to the early days. Yeah, you covered it well, right? We actually, the one piece is we've been growing pretty well. So we're actually up to 1,400 units now. So It's been a time to update the bio on that stand. So we've been moving in a good direction. Actually met my wife back in uh, New York City, 2003. Took her 10 years to finally look my way. So right, so we're talking uh, 2011, 12, 13. But we met in a whole different capacity. We met in the bar world. We met in the restaurant world. So we were running bars, restaurants. I had opened up a couple of restaurants in New York City, opened up and sold a brewery there as well. Um, And we just, of course... You get to a point where you start to realize that life gets on a path where you're either going to keep on really the uh, hamster wheel of just trajectory, right? You do, 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 do to get, or you have to look at options that could create a life, right? And so I heard it put well today. It's either playing a part in your life or you're being the director, right? And at a certain point, you have to decide which that is. And for us, we said that there has to be something else. Well, Unfortunately, Hurricane Sandy happened on the East Coast, right? I know you're down in Houston. You've had your own flooding that that have seemed to to wreck um, Houston in a certain point there. But my father has a construction business that's really targeted at lifting and moving buildings. You may have seen it over in uh, Texas and Houston. My dad's been doing that for almost 50 years now. So that happens and his business goes from 12, 13 jobs a year to hundreds overnight, right? So my brother was working for us at the time. Of course, Peely and I were now in a relationship we move out to New Jersey to help dad. We, we say, let's go help dad. That's our vision. The bar world, like all that was fun, engaging. There was a path potentially there, but we found that the course was going to change. And so we moved out to New Jersey, started helping pop really just take on this family business. We never really want to take that direction because again, we're going from one service business to another service business. Yeah. And service business goes in, right? They're, they're hugely beneficial. We helped thousands of people get back in their homes after Hurricane Sandy. But we were working, if there was 25 hours in a day, eight days a week, we would have used them. And just like any service business, it don't work, right? There's no revenue. So we're saying, what else is there? And Peely at the time was pregnant with our first kiddo. And we wanted to find a way that we were going to control the narrative of our time, get back to, and just begin really directing our course, directing our life for where we wanted to go. And that was to be able to dictate our day 
set time when we wanted to do what we want with our kiddos and other and not have to worry that you know there would be no revenue coming in because we weren't doing something. That led us to real estate. What was the first logical step in our mind was, oh, people would go get a real estate license. You know, here she is pregnant, getting a real estate license, and we'd start flipping, wholesaling homes, doing all this part. And we're still doing a construction business. So we learned pretty quickly that we just had created a monster of active on top of active. So now here we are, not with enough hours in the day, not with enough days in a week, and we're just compiling things on top of each other. So going well, right? That that side of the real estate business, this is back 2013, 2014, but we quickly realized there has to be a different step in the path. So we found investing out of state. We had met a friend at a real estate conference who was investing out of state and really was going out there doing single families. And I said, well, let's try you know, some twos, some threes, and fours. And so what we were doing is buying rundown properties, middle America, and getting teams involved where they could basically get these properties renovated. And the next thing you know, here we are receiving money in the mail. And the light bulb went off that, man, like there's a piece of the puzzle here that is what we're looking for. However, we need to think bigger, right? Because ultimately, if we're going to help a lot of people, we're going to do this point. Having two, three units here, there, all over the place was not going to create the times of scale and give us the consistency that we're looking for. So I stumbled upon someone doing large multifamily. And that was the aha moment where I said, well, that's it, right? That's everything we want because we can empower a lot of people to really help the narrative do things that can really transition the building to make them perform better. And it got back to the days of running very large place in New York City is that we could look at it like a business. How can we make this business perform better? And ultimately, of course, make it a better place for people to live that can really benefit everyone involved. And that's been really our plan and process since 2016. When we moved into the space. And now, as you mentioned, University Holdings, we have about 160 million under management across about 100 or about 1400 units. Wow, that's awesome. You know, I like something you said right at the beginning of bio there, Jason, that's was you can either play a part in your life or you can be the director of it, right? And I think so many people don't consciously realize that, that they can do whatever it is in this life they want. They just have to figure out what that is and go do it. And another thing you mentioned is, you know, you and your wife are kind of on this hamster wheel of, you know, in the service related industries, you know, and the bar business, which is where my dad came up through, interestingly enough, growing up, you know, I was 12, 14, 16 years old, you know, being a bar back and, you know, doing all the stuff that comes along with that. So I can resonate with that. But you mentioned, you know, getting off this hamster wheel, stop trading your time for dollars. What did that kind of transition look like for you guys when you got out of the family business and you said, okay, I want to do this real estate thing. You mentioned you found somebody investing out of state. Did you go buy, start buying small multis or what did that look like? Yeah. So we were buying two units, three units and four units at the time. Right. And so we got a couple of them on board and they were going well, but just the narrative of just having all these properties kind of running disconnected, there was a piece that was quickly missing there, right? And so we thought, okay, this was the way, but you figure out that it wasn't, right? And how do you get there? Well, like most things in life, you have to take the action, right? And at that time, we had not even stepped away from the construction business yet, right? Because we were still trying to help dad, but discover our next path at the same time, right? And so For us, we are always open to try, right? I mean, the world's going to evolve around us, whether we're moving or staying the same. And if we stay the same and just thinking about it, then we have to be okay to not look back 10 years from now and say, man, what if, right? And so many times, like you said, that the hamster wheel is where many get stuck because like when I say I get up at 4.32 a.m., it's because 
it's something consistency that has created really the path I've gone forward because I've set a narrative in my life is that I'm not going to be okay with the narrative that's provided to me. I'm going to dictate that. And so many times someone will get up, hit the snooze button, right? And be like, ah, oh, maybe I need 10 or 15 more minutes, right? And so they hit that snooze button, they go back to bed. That's never helped anyone, but we do, right? Then we get up late, you know, we probably are rushing. So we eat something poor, we maybe <laughs> stub our toe or can't really spend time with the kids, right? Get out the door, we're stuck in traffic. We get to work, right? There's fires everywhere around because we haven't had time to really set up our day. The day flies through like that. We get to the end of the day, stuck in traffic. We go home, watch Netflix and get to the end of the night. We're like, man, what? just don't like this life, but I, and I'll never do it again. And then the next day, the next thing, same thing happens, right? Until you make a change. But where most get stuck is that we get in a place where comfortable in a place we don't like seems safer than reaching out to something that we haven't felt before. So I could stay comfortable here, kind of miserable, or I could take an action step and maybe people are going to say something about me or something else can happen. But I might have an option to make you know, thousands of dollars each month or millions of dollars or change the world. But it's because I haven't felt that. That seems so far risky. So I'll just stay in that place where I'm kind of uncomfortably unhappy. right? And that's unfortunately where most of the world gets stuck until you don't. Until you say, I'm going to change something, I'm going to change the narrative. And now, of course, you know, going from what we were, you know, we went from a two and three unit to a 94 unit for our first purchase. Uncomfortable? Sure, because it was the unknown, right? But the action leads you to the step of finding better questions. Because did we know all the answers? No, but we surround ourselves with good people, right? That would be able to help us with answers. And that's a lot about really helps us expand is that you surround yourself with good team members, right? How do you get anything accomplished? Well, you help other people, but at the same time, you empower other people to help themselves and help you too. I love it. Jason, I'm glad you brought this up because this is something I've been giving a lot of thought to recently, and that is the idea of being comfortable. Many of us are comfortable in our lives right now to those people listening. You might be driving down the road or at the gym, listening to this podcast on your $1,000 plus iPhone or on your laptop or whatever. We all have some level of comfort in our lives. And that's a dangerous position to be, in my opinion. You know, you like where you were at one point in time, Jason, with the family business, you were probably had some level of comfort in your life. You knew where your next meal was coming. You probably had a nice roof over your head. So what was it that kind of triggered you to get out of that comfort zone, push yourself to do something uncomfortable and possibly risk failing? Or, you know, you mentioned, you know, somebody's going to talk bad about you, or, you know, look at this guy, look what he thinks he is, or look what he's trying to do. What motivated you to kind of push yourself out of that comfort zone? And then what motivates you to keep pushing yourself? You know, when you start to realize that and just not care about what anybody else thinks, right. And just know that if you have a good heart and mind that you're going to carry you forward, that's going to put you in the best position to just make decisions that can help your narrative. Right. And you have to decide, because you told by someone else, like, hey, you need to make change on the points. Like it just, that doesn't work, right? What does work is that you put your foot down and make a decision. We've all been in places where, I mean, you could think of something funny, like you will tell someone the same thing that you know is going to help them 127 times, right? And it will fall on deaf ears until one day it doesn't. Or maybe it constantly does. Or someone else says it the same thing. And somehow, however they said it, just the tone of that, they just clicks with it, right? And that's yeah. the evolution of each of us is that we stay the same until we don't. However, everything's kind of changing around us. And to know that the things that seem hard today, probably in five years are going to be easy or probably in five years won't matter, right? When you think of that and you look back and you think five years ago, what was hard at that moment? And was it really that big of a deal or did I get through it? 
most of the time, except for some astronomical events that, you know, it's something you don't even remember. Oh, I got fired from my job. Well, that probably helped you somewhere else. Or, you know, got into an argument with someone, um, but that helped me learn a lesson about how I could be a better person, right? And so getting up early, working out every day. I mean, do I want to work out every day? No, I do, right? So, I mean, I don't, and for everyone that says you need a day off, I haven't taken a day off from working out and it's been, I don't know when. And that means traveling, getting back late, delayed flights. I have worked out consistently every single day for a long time now. And I've done that, you know, today, am I really sore? Yes, I was really sore today based on what I did yesterday, but it's the power that everything's not going to be comfortable. And when I seek comfort and I just say, you know what, maybe today I'll just take that day off. Well, then maybe today I won't go out there and try and uh, make this better building. Or maybe today it's not important for me to read a book to my kids. Or maybe today, when you start putting maybe, right, and you're not holding yourself accountable, you can't set accountability for others, right? We expect others to go out there and come yourself to a higher standard. That's the first step for one, showing others what's possible. But the next step in really just setting the path for your future be better. Yeah, that's really, really sage advice there, Jason. When you're looking at maybe from the perspective of somebody getting started and wanting to look at somebody like you, right? Oh, this guy, you know, has gone from A to B to C and is now at 1400 plus units. That's awesome. But I want to be there, but I'm a little intimidated to get started. I like this concept of just, you know, stacking small wins. So for you, that might look like getting up at 432 AM every single day, right? You don't know what you're going to do when you wake up tomorrow morning, but you've committed. I'm going to wake up at 432 AM. And then from there, you know, you might pick up a dumbbell or read a book or get outside and walk. And you just start stacking all of these small little wins and they start to add up and day after day, week after week, year after year, you know, those things are snowballing and you're gaining all of this experience and know-how and just a kind of life experience, if you will. So talk about how that kind of has played to your success, if you will. You know, it's the eating the elephant one bite at a time, right? We get to the bigger purpose by doing one step at a time in terms of just life and taking action, you have to take a step somewhere. And sometimes that step is going to lead you to better questions and really better answers from there is that sometimes taking that step shows you exactly where you shouldn't be or exactly what you shouldn't do, right? But instead of thinking about it and then not acting and then ultimately finally wasting time to learn all these things about something that ultimately when you do try it, you're not going to be right for. Well, you could have just learned that by trying, right? And so you're saying, oh, I don't want to take a big risk. Well, you don't have to. Go out there and talk to other people that are doing it. Be active. Go to a community, right? Surround yourself with other like-minded people. You know, when I started running ultra races, I didn't have a clue what it felt like to run 100 miles, right? And so if I was to say, well, today I'm going to go to 100 miles. Well, my mind would be like, no, you're not. You've never done that before. Like, why could you do that? You can't even run a mile. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, so (laughs) let me go do that, right? But if I just, I started running six miles every day. Rain, sleet, snow, cold, hot, sick, just ear hurts, nose hurts, knee hurts, you know, kids are sick, doesn't just run every day, right? And so when I did that, I said consistency. And then when I started the race, I said, well, okay, let me just get to that first drink station, six miles in and figure it out. Okay, I'm there. Well, let me just get to the next one and just kind of see how I feel. And then the next one, and let me just kind of think about, you know, where I'm at when I get there. I'll just figure it out, right? And then the next one. And so here I am, you know, 25 miles, 50 miles in. And then it might be, let me get to the bridge or let me run 500 steps. And I'll just kind of see where I'm at. Oh, I don't feel like going forward. Well, let me just get two or two more steps, you know, just kind of see what I think there. Each time you discover a new chance for you to get to that next step. And lo and behold, you look back and, well, you're at 100 miles. And it was 100 miles accomplished in steps, not in a big jump. 
Man, I love that. I love that. I think you've kind of coined this term. I've heard you talk about it, this hundred mile mindset. And that's what you're talking about there, right? It's just, you know, take yeah. that next step, foot in front of the other, you know, break that big goal into small milestones and, you know, step by step, you achieve what you're after. Let's talk about the concept of just waking up at 432 because I find it really interesting. Specifically, why the number? Is it just an arbitrary number? And then two, I know you're a human. Every morning that alarm clock goes off and there's some days after you've had a long workout or just a long week or stayed up a little late with friends or whatever it might be, you think, man, I don't want to do this. I'm sure. Is that right? Or is that yeah. past that point? And you just, you're a robot and you get up. You know, <laughs> I'm getting there. But in the same front, <laughs> it's not so much a robot. It's just consistency. Right. And so four, three, two, one, get up. Ah, right. Okay. So I like that. When you do that, you get up and once you're up, you're up. Yeah. Right. It's that moment of like, let me just get out of bed. Right. If you have to go splash water in your face or, you know, I drink a big glass of water next to the bed, just get up. Once you're up, you're up. Right. And it's that point. You know, to get out there and like, once you're up, you're like, you're not going back to bed. So you're up, get up. And you just set that narrative forward. And, you know, some nights I'll sleep more, some nights I'll sleep less. Right. And the day is going to dictate it. And I try and get the appropriate amount of sleep. But some days it's not possible. It doesn't mean, though, I can just give myself the day off right? And that's just the world. Like we're going to have great days, but without bad days, I don't know good days. Right. And so when I go forward and I say, okay, let me get to 432 AM. It's because really, what is my intention with that? Well, I have to set in my day and my intentions and control my narrative so I can be ready for the day when it comes up because then big things aren't big things, right? If I have now had my wins, like you spoke about, had my little wins in the day, right? I've won. I've already won. So when things come up and, you know, like whatever will happen today, right? It's just something's going to happen. that's not too planned. Okay. Well, I can go focus on it because I've already won my day. So I can go look at that subjectively and say, okay, what's the best way to accomplish getting back on track with this, right? And it also gives me at a time where, you know, my kids, like they get up to three, five, and seven, right? I want to be able to spend time with them. And if I'm getting up, trying to do, have my time with the kids when they are there to have it. I love it. Jason, tell us about how this concept or your approach and philosophy around fitness intersect with your approach and philosophy around wealth. You know, how do they intersect in your life? You know, it's that point where you're never done, right? In terms of what your objectives are, is that each day there's new things to learn and you have to keep yourself in motion to put yourself in the best position to help yourself, right? Because if I'm not healthy and I'm not happy, well, then I'm not helping my wife, I'm not helping my kids, right? If I'm not out there looking for ways to continue on the journey to our goals in real estate, then I'm not helping the people who live in my buildings and I'm not helping our investors, right? So constantly looking at ways to improve what I can do to make my workouts more fluid, more intentional, help to make my workouts better, right? And I found that, you know, you can do a lot with a little, right? Like I get one kettlebell and I, I'm good, right? And so because I've learned a lot of just how to get my body in motion. But lots of times the activity with wealth is that it compounds, as we know, right? But the act of doing needs to start, right? You have to start the snowball to get the snowball to, of course, compound, right? And that's what investing is. It's a long journey. And with things like, I don't know, TikTok or Instagram, it looks like everybody's instantly wealthy. However, you know, most aren't, but the ones that are, it wasn't like they just woke up in the morning and like, oh, look at this bag of money, right? It was like, you know, they've done the track record, except the track record can't be seen in one picture. It can't be seen in a three-minute video. Yeah. 
I love talking about this mindset stuff, Jason. You're a really interesting person to talk to about this. I want to talk about how it's helped you grow and scale in your business and kind of get into kind of the nuts and bolts about what you're doing there around your apartment portfolios. You know, Jocko Willick says discipline is freedom, right? And he always, and I'm sure your listeners are, they're out there for minds that they've heard that, right? And when you think about that, you say, well, if I pattern my day, then I'm not going to do everything I want. Well, no, when you pattern your day, you can set to do what you want in that time, right? And so, okay, I do this between these hours. Then after that, I'm free to do what I want, right? And so we have our days laid out. So I'm picking up the kids from school. I'm taking the kids, you know, to their sports event. You know, I can go out and have a night with my wife, right? So we can enjoy the time we have with life and then making sure that we do what needs to be done within the hours allotted. And typically where that gets lost is that if you wake up with no plan, of course, you have no direction. Of course, your accomplishment is either not going to happen or going to be very elongated, right? And to get there because the path is just, there's no clear bumpers, right? There's no clear guardrails to get you there. You know, part of what we've done with the seven-figure multifamily community, the mastermind we had is that have that is that we've laid out a track record of what we've done to go from where we were our department buildings, right? And so we've given guardrails for our people, our mentees who have come into this mastermind to be able to see the direction of what it takes to get there, right? And that's been powerful, right? Is when you can say, these are tried and true steps that have worked, right? Now we can't say if you'll buy an apartment building in a month or it's going to take a year, but based on where you are and right your time availability, but it will happen if you put the steps in process. And most of the time with life is that success, it's not like the lucky gets successful. It's the ones that just keep doing when others stop. Those are the ones that put themselves in the best position to be lucky in so many people's minds. What advice would you have for somebody going from that position you were once in, Jason, in that small multifamily space, trying to grow and scale into the large multifamily space? Any general advice you could give for someone in that position? Yeah, it's your mind, right? When you understand that if you have a three, four or five unit, great, really you know, awesome. Like, and I congratulate you because it's a huge step. However, when you go up to you know, 60, 80, 100 units, it gets safer, right? So I have four units and I have one unit vacant or two units vacant, I'm 75 or 50% occupied. If I have 100 units and I'm one or two, I'm 98% occupied. Who has a better chance of paying the mortgage? Who has a better eye test with the bank? Because ultimately you're buying a business that can be really managed from the business set because you can hire full-time employees to empower it, right? Now, the large multifamily, sure, does it take more money? Does it take other points? Yes, but you can accomplish that because it helps that you can serve with a lot of other partners, if you choose to, that can go on the mission with you, right? And help you all benefit from the economy to scale. You know, we've brought buildings where it's just been my wife and I, and we've brought buildings where we've had a couple partners, right? And we all can serve a role because it's a larger pie, right? So you have asset management, lead generation, due diligence, underwriting, capital raising potentially earnest money, sponsor, guarantor, right? There's a lot of different roles that people can play that either maybe have money, have time, don't have time, right? Are good at underwriting, are good at uh, speaking with investors, right? There's all different roles that everyone can come together. So the ultimate goal of everyone can be accomplished together. So looking at a large apartment building, you can do so much by moving small levers. Give you just a numbers example for someone that likes numbers. Our first apartment building, 94 units, we did all kinds of different things from catch on other incomes and other points. But one thing we did was, you know, had a high water bill. It was all original toilets. So we changed them out to all low flush toilets, changed out all the, all the faucets and shower heads, really to air, added aerators. 
water bill. And then we worked with the tenants to let them know that we wanted to fix the problem. So the toll is running, let us know, right? So not only did we cut down a bunch of leaks and other points, but we also did all that. We cut down our water bill like 30 or 35%. Based on the cap rate at that time, it was like a three hundred and fifty dollars to $400,000 increase to the value of the property. Yeah. Just by changing toilets out, it cost us 25000 right? And so when you think about that, well, you know, if you had a one unit, two unit, three unit, four unit, it's like, no one's buying a single family home. Like, oh, I'll give you another 100K because you change out the toilet. But when you <laughs> yeah. do this with the business here, right? And you look at, okay, how do I make this business perform better? And I could be on the income and expense side, the compounding effect that just like really investing is magical. Yeah. Just a good example there of, uh, you know, the benefits of large multifamily. I think somebody looking to grow and scale, you know, may see like the big picture and have a hard time, you know, how do I get from point A to point B and so on? And I think maybe that small multifamily is a good step. You know, we talked earlier about, you know, just taking one step at a time. And so for me and my personal journey, that looked like buying a house and then a duplex and then a triplex and then an eight unit and so on. Right. So, you know, I think that sometimes people get held up, like, you know, they want to go big right out of the gates. And for some people that might be the right approach, but I think kind of boiling it all down, I think what I would summarize is there's a lot of different ways to get to that final goal. Yeah. Just like anything, right. Everyone's journey, whether it be to, you know, find that perfect someone or to, for working out or, you know, finances, it's different, right? There's no like, oh, do this is exactly the same for me, right? You know, like we're all built differently. However, you know, typically if you're like, I'm going to do a 20 unit before a 50 unit, well, it's like, well, it's the same steps. So it's really the same exact thing. You're going to do the same thing, right? Yeah. And so that's why even on the other side, when you see lenders, right, would the lender prefer to do a $1 million loan or a $20 million loan? Well, the $20 million loan, it's literally the same thing. It's the same amount of work. It's not like because it's $1 million, they can do less work. It's the same yeah. amount of work for them, right? But they're going to capitalize a lot better on the $20 million loan, right? And so when you think about the narrative there, well, why is that? Because it's the same steps. Well, on the investing side, it's literally the same steps. So are the steps going to be that you need it for the mental capacity? That's fine. But ultimately, when, if it's not the mental capacity, you're saying, well, I should just do it to do it. Well, then you have to lay out the reasons. Like, what are the plus side to doing the smaller property, the bigger property? And when you lay it out really subjectively side by side and be objective about your reasoning, you'll find that everything points that you can go to the larger asset as long as your mind is ready to do so. Jason, when you're growing and scaling from maybe that small multifamily space to the larger multifamily space, what personal challenges did you have? And then, you know, what did you bring to the table? What was your kind of secret sauce or superpower, if you will? Uh, <laughs> so you know, you don't know, we don't know, right? So that's the big part. But when you surround yourself with other people who do that, right? Most of the time, it's not the big thing. Like you need to go buy an apartment building, have people live there and have people to manage it. Okay, cool. We're going to need money to do it. So yeah, we got that so far. What happens when you're trying to, you know, get an SE or get a securities lawyer to go together and prepare to PPM? Like what kind of questions do you have, right? Like who do I ask that? Like how do I find out exactly like what's going to be the tax assessment for this property when it goes up? Like, so just those little questions you have to make sure that now you check the box on is that making sure you don't have the big failures in terms of your process, right? And so that's when you surround yourself with good people, they keep you on place, right? So if you get a step off of track, you can just ask a question to be quickly back onto track. I love it. Jason, this has been a fun conversation. You know, we've taken it from, you know, the mindset piece and coupled it with how to, you know, use that mindset to set an action and achieve your goals. So I think this is really tactical advice for the audience members. I'd love to keep talking, but let's go ahead and wrap up with the lightning round. Just a series of questions we fired every one of our guests. Are you up for it? Awesome. Ready to go. All right, let's do it. The first question is, what was your biggest hurdle getting started investing in real estate? And then what'd you do to overcome that? 
biggest hurdle is that there's awesome things like bigger pockets and others, but there's all one doing something else that always seems like the grass is greener, right? And so you parlay yourself because, oh, maybe I should try something else first and you try and learn too much. So the biggest hurdle was just overcompensating on learning instead of action. But the second you take an actual step, you find the action is the learning. I love it. Yeah, I like that a lot. Jason, do you have a personal habit that contributes to your success? We may have already touched on it, I imagine. Yeah, consistency is key, right? Yeah. And so, so consistency is key because it also allows you to see what's not working. Wow, that's powerful. I like that. It allows you to see what's not working. That's a, a way I've never heard it put. Do you have an online resource you find valuable in your day-to-day? It depends what I'm after, <laughs> right? So, I mean... I can think back from our parents when they literally couldn't you know, Google everything. They're like out there, like, you know, cell phones, like my dad's at work. Like I'll hear from him at the end of the day when he comes home, right? Or they're looking at maps to get this somewhere, right? So just the thing called Google is a magical thing <laughs> to our advantage these days. Yeah. Jason, what book would you recommend to the listeners and why? It's always the last one I've read. I'm actually reading, uh, what is it? Gary V's 12 and a half right now. I think that's what it's called. But okay. my wife got that. She's real big in the NFT space. So she got... That book over, just it's always fun just to listen to different objectives, right? And it's a business band talking about just 12 different feelings and emotions and how they can impact you as you move through your life. Cool. Yeah, we'll link that in the show notes. That's a new one to me. Jason, last question in a lightning round. If you were to go back and give advice to your 20-year-old self to get started specifically in investing in real estate, what would you tell 20-year-old Jason? You know, I'm the worst one to ask that question because I would say whatever you told me, I wouldn't listen because I wouldn't be ready, right? And so you're only ready for what the information you've taken now. And your course is that I needed what I was doing at that time to get where I am today. Yeah, I could probably agree with that for sure. (laughs) It wasn't the wisest when I was 20 years old. Jason, this has been a lot of fun. You know, people are probably going to want to reach out to you, learn more, connect with you. You've got a lot of content online on your website, on YouTube. Tell us where people can find more about you and reach out if they want to connect. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate Jacob having me on the show here. So go over to Yarusi, Y-A-R-U-S-I holdings with an S.com. Find everything from seven figure multifamily, the mastermind to multifamily live, which are podcast. And you can link up with myself or, you know, see my wife out there rocking and rolling with the kiddos at Jason Yarusi or Peely at any of your social platforms. Awesome. Jason, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Until next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, providing you actionable content to build your real estate empire. Nothing on this show should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for personal advice. The opinions of guests are their own information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have a potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom LLC exclusively.